Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and on today's episode, the staff sits down and we reflect on our recent Spirit and Truth conference. Now, before the conference, we posed a question on our Spirit-Filled Leader Substack, which was, will we have a Spirit and Truth conference in 2024? You're going to want to listen to this episode because we address that question for better or for worse. Whether you like the answer or not, we do address it. Also, if you're a subscriber to that Substack, you already know I get a little bit emotional in this particular episode. I don't know. The spirit hits you and funny things happen. Anyway, it's a great conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. Friends, I'm so excited to have you back here on the Spirit and Truth podcast and I'm here with the whole crew, the whole gang, Woo-hoo! all of us from my right, your left, Maggie Ulmer, Emma Winchester, Matt Reynolds. Everybody say hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Matt, you always sound so thrilled. I don't like the high part. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just feels so awkward to me. <laughs> you don't say hello to people? I try not to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well... Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to jump into the topic of the Spirit and Truth Conference, which, as we record this, happened just a couple days ago. And I want to start by kind of getting everyone's impression on the conference. So what what is one major takeaway that you experienced from the conference and, uh, and kind of like what did the Lord reveal to you? We'll start with you, uh, Reverend Dr. Matt Reynolds. I love when you introduce me like that. Uh, <laughs> not really that was sarcasm. Um, well, uh, first I would just say I just I feel a sense of gratitude um, on a number of levels. I feel gratitude for just the Lord's presence. He, he's so kind and gracious. And, you know, we say this all the time, but when you just make space and invite him to come and be with his people he just does he's so faithful in that way and so I'm grateful just I, I sensed um, in my own life and just in the context of the conference I just sensed the Lord's nearness throughout the weekend I also feel a sense of gratitude for just the relational connections I mean you know, a number of different people commented that it's just kind of like a family reunion and um, spiritual family reunion and and it does feel like that I mean just there's a lot of people that I really love from around the country, different uh, church folks and pastors and different leaders and all that, and just coming together with other people who are hungering for the same kinds of things in the church, and um, it's just so refreshing to worship alongside those kind of sisters and brothers, so grateful for that. Um, Takeaway, I, is that what you asked? Sure. Major takeaway? You know, I guess... uh, the first thing that pops into my mind is um, this was probably the least um, we plan we made the schedule the least packed of the th- we've done it three times now. This was the least full schedule that we've ever had, and I also felt like it was the least sort of and planned is not the right word I'm looking for because. Emma Winchester, who's sitting next to me, did an incredible job planning all of the yeah. logistics and all of the s- behind-the-scenes stuff that has to happen to make a conference go. But just from a sort of, from a standpoint of like, we, 
we didn't give, for example, we didn't give all of the speakers specific topics. Okay, you talk about this, you talk about this, et cetera, et cetera. We just really entered into this time with kind of open hands. I think as we prayed, we all had a sense of like, we don't know exactly what the Lord is going to do, but we know he's going to show up. And the cool thing about that is, in in some ways, it felt like we were the most hands-off with some of that side of the planning stuff. And it felt, to me, the most cohesive conference that we've ever had. I mean, each talk built upon the other in a way that I feel like only the Spirit could arrange. There was common themes that you felt like the Spirit just kept speaking and reinforcing throughout the weekend. This sort of like, just the tenor of the whole thing, the way that God moved in the times of prayer and response just felt similar and kind of cohesive throughout the weekend. It just was a, to me, it's just a testimony to the Holy Spirit's power and presence among us. And that really you don't have to, you don't have to manipulate anything. You don't have to manufacture anything. And if you genuinely, like I said a minute ago, if you just make space when hungry people come together who are genuinely seeking the Lord with with a sincere heart and you just make space for him, um, God will do beautiful things in your midst. I love that. Uh, Emma, what about you? Yeah. I mean, how do you follow that up? You hit so many yeah. of the things that we... I was so glad you asked <laughs> me first because <laughs> then I didn't have to. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I would say... For me personally, what a gift it was from the Lord to be um, on the planning side of it and also on the receiving end of it. You know, like the Lord's grace over our team and over all of the volunteers to be able to um, help facilitate and help, you know, lead people to a place of, you know, getting on your face. But also we get to host well by getting on our face with with everyone else, you know, and I, I use that phrase, get on your face, because I just feel like this, for me personally, one of the biggest takeaways from this past weekend was, um, was just gathering together with everyone who had expectation of the Lord, and the invitation that the Lord was giving us was, you know, get low before me, mm and humble yourself before me and that is the place where I will fill you that place of hunger that place of expectation that's where I'll fill you and as soon as you think you're low enough get lower you know just to fall on your face before the Lord that was humbling and hard you know there there's components of each of us personally I mean I don't want to speak for us all but at least for me like man it takes so much and I'm so thankful for the spirit that gives us the the grace to repent and to get low before him. But in that very same place, that's where he meets us. And so that was one of my biggest takeaways was, wow, what a beautiful representation of what the body should be doing regularly together. I look across the room and I see people from all generations down on their knees before the Lord and it was beautiful. It was a place of laying down and a place of receiving. And gosh, I just want, I want that, you know, so. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I just want to just follow up and say, it's just so interesting because as we were praying for the conference, um, actually we recorded, I don't know if we've released it yet. Did we re- release the conversation about humility? 
that no, we that no, we recorded. I don't think we released that. No. But before the conference, the week before the conference, we recorded a podcast, which you will hear soon, mm-hmm. about humility. And as we were praying, I know in my own prayer time, that's the theme that the Lord just kept bringing up. Yeah. And that's kind of the theme that I landed on for the first night. And then it just, it was so clearly from the Spirit because you just heard it coming over, over and, and over, and over yeah. you know. I mean, uh, Dr. Steve Siemens, the next morning, just beautiful message about Jericho and Joshua and drawing our attention to kind of what precedes that story in a way that I had never heard before. Mm -hmm. But it was, again, it's all about getting low on your face, you know, falling down before the Lord in humility, which then is like is the is what precedes and allows for then God to show up and move in power Mm -hmm. and. um yeah, so anyways, I just wanted to say I love what you just shared because that really was a theme that, like, God just kept bringing up even before we got to the weekend. Yeah, and it's a theme that's happening for the whole church, right. you know, all together. So, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm a little, actually, I'm a little choked up right now. Um, Tell us more about that. <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd rather not. But no, I yeah, it's hard to add to to that all of those things. Okay. <laughs> uh, I you know I think for me I would um, I'm just always reminded about about creating space for God. You know, and and what so many leaders need, and if you're listening to this, you're probably in this camp just like man I wish I had more space for the Lord and what what coming to a weekend like this really does is it it forces you to take the time and and what a gift that we give ourselves to do that and how sweet is the Lord to meet us in that space um, so I, I'm super thankful for that and I, I hear true confession I'll tell a quick story on uh, Saturday one of uh, the ways that we ended is we prayed for each other and for the first time in my life, uh, I was praying with a group of people, and one of the the people in our group caught a fit of, like, holy laughter. And that's not a normal position that I would ever take. And yet, all of a sudden, I found myself laughing. Kind of, It was like a laugh cry. It was like a LaCroix, like a LaCroix almost. <laughs> um, Which, by the way, I have this mystery bag of LaCroix in my office after the conference. Do any of you know who that belongs to? I don't. No, sir. Okay, sorry. But it just sh- showed up. I did suggest to Emma that she bring it here because I do enjoy a good LaCroix. Okay. But um, we witnessed it. Yeah, I, I was laughing. I had a fit of holy laughter and it felt a little bit weird. And But it was at the end, it was just this just a really sweet gift from God. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking to myself later in prayer time that um, that when we create space uh, for the Lord, to hear the Lord and we repent to remove the blocks that we put into place through sin, we're more apt to receive his gifts. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think that was probably a really good adaptation from the weekend. So I think that actually watching you fall out in holy laughter was legitimately one of my favorite things because you know we all work together so we all know like right now I'm a little teary which is not totally normal for me but like (laughs) um but like 
watching you fall out like that it, that was really something yeah like it's different if we we all work with you we know you we know like mm -hmm. how sort of like the, your approach to you know leadership and the way your your mind works very organizationally and all you know you're totally analytical leader watching I, I'm you probably the it, most pragmatic out of yes, all yes it was the best right yeah. I'm not hey let's stop here and have this moment of laughter like most like some yeah. people are can I uh, just uh, this piggybacks on that little prayer time can I just share this just from a, a leadership standpoint kind of an inside look into navigating a conference like that yeah. and uh, discerning what God is doing so we were wrapping up that conference and um I was praying, God, what are we supposed to do right now? I don't really know what the next right step is because we had a beautiful talk from Maddie Wofford in the morning. We had had some response time to that, and I was just like, God, I don't really know what the next, like how do we wrap this sucker up? And I just prayed, and I just kind of saw a picture of people in groups praying, but I did not feel confident about it. And so uh, this is kind of how our team operates. I just went over to Maggie, and I was like, I'm just trying to figure out what's next. And I felt like we should just get into groups and just pray for each other. What do you think about this? Because I, I genuinely was like, I don't know. And Maggie was like, yep, that's right. We should do that. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it then. And so um, I went up and suggested or, you know, instructed that move with but still not totally like well i guess we're gonna just pray in groups i don't know you know with not like a lot of conviction about it sure and the coolest thing is i heard multiple testimonies from different people yeah about the way that god worked through these little silly not prayer groups just like what you you just experienced in your sure. little group yeah i you know another one that was all about kind of like a, a really holy moment with a family and all this stuff mm -hmm. and i'm like god is so good it just seemed like just a little nudge, not really sure what we're doing. We check with each other. We're like, well, let's just do that mm -hmm. and trust the Lord with it. And then he brings fruit from simple little things like that. So I just think that's a cool thing. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is that we see so many different pockets of the way that the Lord works. And I was wondering, Maggie, if you would share a little bit about uh, your special anointing that happened um, at, the, at the conference and how the Lord worked through you and your... Um, your family yeah because what I would love to do right now is ball on this podcast I, I'm still not really sure why you're weeping from the first I, time you know because I like I'm a slow soaker so I haven't even really had a ton of debrief time about the podcast and I mean uh, um, the conference in general but um, let's see so I'm assuming you're talking about on Friday night yes yeah. Well, um, I could you ask me a question that would be helpful? Yeah. <laughs> would you explain what, what happened, happened to you okay. on Friday night and the feelings that were a derivative of that moment? Well, the long and the short of it is, is that in the in the Pentecostal community um, and more charismatic communities, there's a there's a practice or a tra I don't know if you can call it a tradition, but there's a practice of calling people out for particular gifts or um, offices. And, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff around the notion of offices in the church, which um, Paul talks about in Ephesians. And um, 
Kim Moss, Dr. Kim Moss, who was one of our speakers, she, uh, you know, she has been known to, she resides in the office of prophet. That's how she, that's part of how she serves the body of Christ. And um, so she called me out in that office, meaning she called me up on the stage and she read scripture over me. She prophesied over me. And then Matt, as my pastor, um, also as uh, I'm just going to call him an apostolic leader because that's what he is. The apostolic leader over spirit and truth. He anointed me. And so the same thing happened to my husband, except he was called out as, um, you know, for gifts of healing and evangelism. And um, how did that feel in the moment? You know, I, I have an uncomfortable relationship with being up in front of people. So I, I felt very outside of myself, honestly. It was not, like, in the moment, it was not a, a deeply, like, it was profound in a lot of ways in some senses just because our immediate group of people, people have been very generous towards me and have, um, you know, ascribed particular gifts or whatever to me, and I've always held that with open hands. And I, I, so, and of course every, you know, you want to be used by the Lord. And, um, so yeah, there was, it was very meaningful in the moment though. This was not happening. <laughs> What's happening to me right now. This was not happening in that moment. I love the fact that you're Matt Reynolds all over the place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really annoying. What a gift. I think it's beautiful. Um, no, but in fact, I do tend to be prone to holy laughter, honestly. And that did happen to me a little bit. Yeah, it, did. it did in the moment. Yeah, it yes. did. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, afterwards I, I went and I just sat quietly for a moment and just prayed and thanked the Lord. And then I went back to, you know, honestly, after it happened, after it happened, I, I have this feeling a lot, like when big things happen, like when we go to churches, and people have big encounters with the Lord. I tend to be a person who's rather unmoored by their emotions. Like they, it's a lot for me to feel big things. So I like to do things that make me feel very anchored. So that happened. I walked off the platform and I walked out of the room. And um, one of the wonderful people from Stillwater was emptying a garbage can and I took the trash to the kitchen. That's what I did. I emptied the trash because I just needed to do something that was like normal. So that's, that's what I did. <laughs> I had holy laughter, then I took out the trash. <laughs> Feels about right. Yeah, totally. Mm. Emma, what about you? How, what would you say like your uh, favorite moment that that was just you, right? Like, I mean, obviously the, oh the next generation was involved in several parts of this kind of, um, again, we didn't plan it, but just kind of organically the, the next generation was called up. I think that you prayed over half of, if not three quarters of the room <laughs> and some variation, right? Whether that be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you, you organized all the volunteer teams. Yeah. So you had a very hands-on role, but also a very uh, ministerial role at the same time. Well, what are some of your reflections from you personally? Yeah. That moment that you're describing um, about, you know, people 30 and under getting prayed for by the older generations. And then we got to pray for 
uh, them in return. That was facilitated by Kim Moss on uh, Friday evening. And it was very powerful. I mean, one thing that I definitely have a conviction for is intergenerational reconciliation. And especially in the church, especially, you know, just in normal bodies and normal churches, I love to see the older whoa, the older generations pouring into the younger generations and uh, the younger generations, you know, learning and growing and also supporting the older generations in whatever way, you know, the Lord calls them to. And anyway, so I've been a part of a few prayer times like that before. And it's always powerful. I mean, the ministry of reconciliation is, you know, what Jesus gave us. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And uh, one thing that doesn't happen often is Kim from this stage. She invited everyone 30 and and younger to, to come forward. And before anyone else kind of circled behind us she looked at each of us and she said I repent on behalf of my generation Mm. who has um you know harmed you in any way or not she was talking about not giving over our their testimony you know to us and I would say that was one of my personal um times that was so powerful just just because you know like the Lord is just so good to restore what we have broken and in that moment I I was healed in a lot of ways you know even as she was speaking as a spiritual mother and a spirit or from spiritual parenthood so that was really powerful um and I know it was for a lot of other young adults uh, I would say for me personally, though, from the weekend, although I was very involved in logistical planning and stuff, we had a wonderful team that just took ownership, you know, kind of ran with w- ran with us and, you know, did a lot of lifting with us. So uh, I actually had a lot of time to receive personally and pray personally and this kind of has to do with just what the Lord is doing in this frame of time, but in this season for me, but the Lord this past weekend was doing a lot of work around fatherhood and speaking to me and restoring the image of father to me. So it happened in a variety of different ways, but personally in the gentleness and in the kindness of his presence, he was just really healing my heart. So Praise God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a temptation on a podcast like this to jump into the talks, but uh, I want you to know if you're listening, you can listen to all the talks on our Substack. And uh, so if you just go to spiritandtruth.substack.com, we'll link to it in the show notes. You can subscribe to our paid version of the Substack and get all the talks. But one of the big things that we kind of hinted at at a Substack prior to the conference became a big source of of discussion (laughs) at the end of the conference and so Matt I'm going to go to you next and uh, that hint was 
uh, was this the last Spirit and Truth conference? You know, and we, we have kind of been as a team, sent some things. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about where we are, po- a couple days post. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, for all the people uh, in Georgia and around the world <laughs> who are so concerned, we have right. some dear friends in Georgia, uh, who are so concerned about the future of um, of Spirit and Truth gathering as a body, what would you say? Well, what I would say is... Uh, we we will gather as a body in some form or fashion <laughs> so i think we're still in a season of discernment on what the best way to serve that body is and um so i can't say for sure what it exactly will look like but uh we do i mean the power of a gathering like that is really it's not in all the mechanics of it it's just in the it's you know people who are hungering for the same thing getting in the same room and just trying to listen for the spirit and obey and so it's like people laying hands and praying for each other people hearing the word proclaimed and then responding people just crying out to the lord in worship i mean those are things that we're gonna we we will find uh strategic ways to facilitate those kind of encounters for people who are part of the spirit and truth family whether or not that looks exactly like a single annual gathering in one location you know i'm not sure if that's exactly what the model will look like um we're actually exploring if which i don't know if this makes some of those folks uh feel a little bit better or not but we're actually exploring how we could maybe have a few different gatherings uh, through the year in different parts of the country that would help provide space for people to come for prayer and worship and connection. And so, um, so yeah, Spirit and Truth, uh, folks who are connected with our ministry and um, who really have that desire to connect with others who are also passionate about this kind of vision for back-to-the-basic spirit-filled ministry in the church— there will be for sure ways to gather in community to connect, to pray, and to worship. Whether or not that looks exactly like it always has looked to for the last few years, uh, we're not quite ready to say that yet. I love it. I love the tease, actually. So let's do this. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. I want to go around the circle, and I'd like one sentence from you guys. Okay, so one sentence about... Uh, Speak to the leader specifically who didn't come, right? If you could give them one sentence, one, like let's say that you were handing them a gift from the conference that you, maybe you experienced or you saw, what's one, a one sentence gift you would give uh, to a leader who wasn't there? And in order to help set the stage, I'll go first. Mm. So the one sentence gift that I would give to a leader who wasn't at the conference is this. Make spending time with the Lord without phones, without people, without anything else, a priority in your week, especially heading towards Easter. It's not lost on me that this time of Lent is super important. That was the second sentence I shouldn't have thrown in there, but you get the (laughs) idea. Uh, Okay, let's go to Maggie next. Oh, boy. Um, I think I would say 
actually something that got echoed a few times and even after is that um that the Lord sees you and um his presence in your office or in your home is exactly the same as it is at a conference um and that we're still we're still in the same family united by one spirit and you are not alone amen um I'm going to break the rules because I don't know how to do one sentence and I'm a grammar freak. So you can do a haiku if you want. What? <laughs> what is a haiku? It's a, what? Poem. It's a poem. Okay. Well, technically they're about nature though. Okay. You don't, you don't have to do a haiku. Anyway, keep going. Anyways, I would say, uh, that the scripture that comes to mind is draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Mm. And in that place of drawing near, the Lord has a transaction for you. Like, whatever the heavy thing that you're carrying with you, whatever that is, he has something else for you. And so in that place of drawing near, in our place of humility and setting aside our pride and getting low before the Lord, he has something better for us. Amen. I think I would say um, one minute of humble, honest presence in the presence of God is worth more than a thousand or a hundred thousand minutes of polished programming or manufactured church stuff Mm -hmm. and so there was now i'm adding my explanation to my one sentence (laughs) there was nothing for those that were there or those that weren't that hear testimonies from the weekend there was nothing sort of there was no trick there was no magic about the weekend yeah is a literally just people willing to pray and make space for the Lord and try to listen and be obedient to what his spirit is doing. And when you do that, God always transforms life and it usually starts with your own. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we wrap this podcast up, Tony, I was just wondering if you would pray for the listeners to receive an anointing of joy and maybe a little holy laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) Look, I I am 100% sure that it's the Lord that does all the work in my prayers. So (laughs) I'll pray for anything and the Lord's going to do what the Lord's going to do. But let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Lord, uh, we humbly come before you on behalf of the leader whose burden is heavy, uh, the one who feels isolated, uh, desperate, and alone. 
And Lord, wherever they are in the world, I just ask right now that you bless them with a cup full of joy. A joy that's not contingent upon church attendance numbers or how good their sermon is or isn't. But just may they see you as the source of all their goodness. Lord, I pray that you fill their cups, that you anoint their head with oil in the presence of their enemies, and that they overflow. Lord, show them all the goodness and mercy that comes from you. May they dwell in your presence. May they abide in your word. And may they see you. And when they see you, may they laugh. May they giggle. May they snort. (laughs) May they just embrace the goodness of a God that meets them in the weird, awkward moments of life. So, Lord, we thank you for that leader. We thank you for their heart, for their willingness to answer the call. And we thank you most of all for Jesus, who calls us his bride with all of our stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, guys, we're so thankful for each and every one of you and for the opportunity that we have to connect with you. Thank you that you take the time to listen and call yourselves part of our tribe. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference to help people find the podcast. And absolutely, the best compliment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. Maybe a pastor that you know needs a little bit of pick-me-up. We're praying for you, and we'll see you guys real soon.